Welcome back to the Micro Advice Podcast. Today, our spotlight topic is on the role of the Chief Customer Officer. We'll deep dive into this role and discuss the considerations for hiring the right skill for this position. To better understand this concept, we're here with Deborah Squires, Chief Customer Officer of HackerRank. Deborah, thanks so much for speaking with us today. Oh, Jim, thank you so much for inviting me. This is a topic near and dear to my heart, so I'm happy to be chatting about it. Likewise. Well, Deborah, this topic has also been on the top of my list for quite a while, and I'm really pleased you're here to discuss it with me because I feel like the listeners could really benefit from hearing the perspective of a CCO and as we deep dive into this role. So let's level set a little bit. Can you share uh, maybe a, a couple stories or a few anecdotes about the day in the life of a chief yeah. customer officer? You know, what are some of the main activities you find yourself doing on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, um, there's a lot of variety in this role. Um, one of the things that's, uh, I think, most compelling around uh, working in this function is that you have really um, deep relationships that you're developing with customers. So I spend a lot of time in customer meetings, but it's also you know, your job as a leader in this function is to enable people to do their best work. So sitting in on team meetings, understanding what's working well from a customer and a colleague experience perspective and what's not. So looking at data and insights and really digging in to what's working and what's not. Coaching and developing staff. So, you know, I'd love to sit in on customer meetings with team members and understand what are their strengths? How do we bring those out more? What are the areas that we can coach them around to make them more effective at their roles and to just really give them the skills that they need to to do their best work? I spend a lot of time looking at processes and what makes sense, uh, particularly at HackerRank, because we are growing very rapidly. Um, we've been very blessed over the last few years with, with rapid growth. And you know what works at one stage of the company doesn't work at the next stage of the company. So consistently looking at what processes are working well, what is scaling and what is not, and where will we break? And there's a healthy amount of planning involved. So looking at where the business is headed, contemplating what will work in the future and how we need to evolve the customer interaction model, processes, tooling. So again, there's a lot of variety in a chief customer officer role, and you have the benefit of working with customers, with leaders across the business and team members across the business. Okay. That is really fascinating. And I heard a lot of great nuggets of information in there around data analysis, process improvement, people improvement and strategy and execution. So what mix do you think should be focused on informing the customer strategy versus the executing piece or integrating the various teams across the organization around the customer vision? Yeah. You know, for me, it's primarily strategy, coaching, and um, mobilizing people across the business to do their best work for our customers and to solve the problems that will have uh, that will yield a better customer experience. Of course, it's always important to be able to execute, but typically um, a chief customer officer is going to have a next level of leadership who is primarily responsible for taking the strategy and the vision and translating that into operational plans, developing the teams and hiring the teams that will execute those. So, you know, primarily my job is to continue to evaluate progress against those goals, identify uh, blockers and help resolve those, and identify trends and feedback that will help us iterate and evolve and improve. I think, you know, there is, there's no 
owner's manual for how to do this. But what you have to really keep in mind is that your job as a leader in the organization, whether it's CCO or or another um, C-level executive, your job is to continuously move the organization forward. So looking at what you need to do to identify what's working and what's not and laying out the plans and, and rallying the team around what's next and continuously improving. Okay. That's fascinating. Just uh, a quick follow-up question there. So you had mentioned looking at trends, looking at data. What are some of the bigger trends or data elements you find? Is it customer usage or pain points that customers may be experiencing or maybe even something internally? Yeah. um, So it's, it's a, comprehensive suite of data. So I I look at things holistically. One, I'm looking at customers. There is data that we have access to based on their use of the product. So we do look at usage and we do health scoring based on usage and other factors um, driving the relationship and um, use cases, right? But we also, um, I'm a big believer in voice of the customer programs. And so we do semi-annual customer experience surveys that take both loyalty questions as well as customer experience questions across product, process, customer interaction model. And we use those insights to help inform our priorities around the product roadmap, how we staff our teams and how we develop and and coach our teams, what resources we put in place for our customers so that they can help themselves in accessing support and best practice guidance. We work with um, teams across the business. So product team members, for example, get very juicy insights on how customers are using the product. Um, and so my job is to f- facilitate that view of the customer. So we do that from a, a customer experience survey perspective, in-app reporting on um, usage. We also bring customers in to deliver customer spotlights because the data is great, but the data is impersonal. And um, it's really valuable to people in engineering and operations and and those who don't get to work with customers on a day-to-day basis to hear how a customer is using the product and what their experience of working with us is. It really brings the customer to life. We also look, um, quite honestly, at employee engagement um, surveys and our colleague experience. Um, I'm a big believer that to enable an exceptional customer experience, you have to enable an exceptional colleague experience. So you essentially need to take care of the people who take care of the customer. And I also have a philosophy that we're all customer facing. So we either work directly with the customer or we work with the people who work with the customer, but we're all customer facing in that journey. So does that answer your question? I feel like I rambled a bit there. No, that's (laughs) perfect. What I love about that is you got very specific into the different types of data and how you can analyze those trends. Most importantly, you, you made a comment in there, everyone is customer facing. I've said the same thing before. We're, we're here, we as a company are here in existence to satisfy a customer need, help them do their job better, whatever it may be, but it's around the customer. And whenever you lay it out like that from a strategic vision, that even though you may not be speaking with the customer day to day, your job either helps somebody who is or is doing something that betters the experience the customer has with the product, with the service, with the brand in general. So that's a fantastic point. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I think 
The thing is, the the further you get away from directly working with the customer, the more you have to look at um, a broader audience mm-hmm. as your customer. So I spend as much time and energy investing in what is the colleague experience and not just in customer success, but understanding, like I was on a call earlier this morning with one of our product owners about a particular aspect of the product and an initiative he has underway and helping map out what should our strategy and tactics be to help us achieve what we're trying to achieve as a company through the lens of the product owner um, who manages that aspect of the product. So, you know, we have to look at our colleagues, especially in in the chief customer officer role. Every colleague in the business is a customer of ours directly, and our job is to help them do their best work. Well, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because some of the success I've had in, in various instances around resolving issues was connecting these various teams with the customer so they could see the pain point themselves. I can communicate it in so many different ways, but if engineering actually meets with the customer and they hear the frustration or the desire of, hey, here's why we need that feature and the product team, it gives you that level or sense of, hey, this is important because, and here's why they need it. Not just, oh, somebody in customer success is telling me I need another feature and you know we'll, we'll throw it on the backlog. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And Jim, I think what's really important in that process is that we as customer success professionals ensure that we make that process as delightful for our internal colleagues who are showing up to those meetings as it as we intend to make it for our customers. There can sometimes be fear for team members who don't necessarily always get in front of customers that they're being brought to a conversation to be the whipping post for something that's not getting mm-hmm. done. And that should not be the approach. So as leaders in, in customer-facing organizations, our job is to ensure that we create the frameworks that make that a safe and enjoyable experience for everyone. Um, and it's important from the customer's perspective. They need to know who they count on for the ongoing facilitation of the relationship, which is your customer success manager, um, and what resources and what team members they can bring to bear to address feedback and to make their experience as good as it can be. Very good point. Very good point. And yes, I agree. Definitely bringing that experience up internally as well for, for your internal stakeholders. So Deborah, something that comes to mind through all of this is how do we not get lost in dealing with customer issues? Uh, because with software, with services, there's generally always going to be some problem. The customer is always going to want something else or want something different or better. That's just the nature of, of how many software uh, platforms work. However, how do we avoid moving the ball forward, if you will, versus getting stuck in a fixing mode all the time? Yeah, uh, there are a few strategies that I use to address that. Um, first off, you know, the partnership between the chief customer officer and chief product officer is really critical. And the chief product officer will bring the product vision to life. They're taking input from customers and they're taking requests from customers, but they're also taking input from what's going on in the market, so prospects and competitors. And we build a vision for our product that incorporates all of those data points. And then we articulate that vision to customers in ongoing communications, whether it's newsletters sharing, you know, about the product vision and what's on the roadmap and why and what value it will deliver for customers, 
or it's in um, quarterly product roadmap webinars uh, that are updates to our customers where they can hear and, and see directly from product leadership what we're building and why. Um, and I find that when you have that vision and that clarity and that proactive communication around what's being built, it takes some pressure off of the barrage of, of enhancement requests that come in. The other thing that that I firmly believe in, um, and we just went through this um, this week with, with the customer success team, is ensuring that um, the customer success team members understand the best way to take in enhancement requests from customers. So really being able to write a comprehensive product story that identifies not only what is being requested, but why it's being requested and who benefits and really digging into the details. So customer success managers are consultants to our customers. We're not order takers. We should really be engaging in that dialogue around what they're trying to accomplish, not just what they're asking for, because sometimes they ask for things that won't yield the outcome that they're looking for. So we really have to peel back the layers of the onion. And I do find that that's helpful because that engagement with the customer helps them stop and think. You know, oftentimes they run into a problem and they shoot over a request or they bring it to their next recurring, you know, weekly or biweekly meeting with their CSM. They're responding to a problem that they faced and not necessarily the solution. And so we have to reframe that and help them think that through so that we can provide good input um, to the product team about that. And it really reframes the conversation with the customer as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The one of the bigger challenges I feel I've seen is every company at every stage faces similar kind of problems, if you will, where it's how do we balance that, the solving versus moving forward and Mm -hmm. still providing a great customer experience. So just in your opinion, what would be the best stage or ideal stage to have somebody focused on this role at, from from startup through through beyond in the in the company journey? Yeah, um, I think that's an interesting question, and and it's um, it's also interesting because titles vary by com- by company, and sometimes you see in early stage companies that they'll give a really hefty title, but the person is still doing a lot of the day to day work. It's not so much strategy; it's it's more um, firefighting and and tactics. What I've seen is typically when you get to about series B, you're moving into um, a stage where you're looking for a director head of the customer success organization, but you're still not at um, a critical mass where you're going to have, for example, functional specialization within customer success. So your CSM team and your leader is going to be a, a jack of all trades, so to speak, you know, utility players, you plug them into things like pre-sales and implementation and ongoing customer success and support. And um, as you start to move to series C, typically you start to see more functional specialization, pulling support out of the customer success manager's role, pulling implementation and onboarding and services out of the customer success manager role. And, And your department becomes more functionally specialized and aligned. And then you start to see leaders for those functional specializations. So you may end up with a VP of customer success at that point. And then as the business grows, you typically will see, 
you know, moving into the customer success or, or chief customer officer title and role and leveling. But it, it varies so much by business. And um, there's sometimes no rhyme or reason to it. My, you know, my recommendation is ensuring that you're always hiring um, slightly ahead of what you need so that your team can grow with the business and you're not consistently, you know, hiring above the people who have who've bought in early and and done the hard work to grow the business. So yeah, I don't know if that I don't know that there's a, a clear-cut answer, but that's that's at least what I've seen in um, venture-backed growth companies. Oh no, that's great. In many cases, there may not be one clear-cut answer. I, I appreciate hearing your perspective because this has been a discussion I've had so many times of when do you bring in customer first person? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, maybe because we have sales and engineering, we have you know, maybe a, a one one or two person marketing team uh, in a, and then the executive suite of a startup or a young company. I'd say very early mm-hmm. stage company, but when's the right time to bring in that customer focused leader to make sure the the customers, whether it be one or 10 or a hundred are getting what they need, getting the opportunity to provide feedback and make that, that seamless into the product. Mm -hmm. So this has been great. And I will say one other thought on that. Sorry, Jen, I didn't interrupt you. But um, what you see is that the customer six, the build out of the customer success organization typically follows the build out of the sales and marketing organizations by about six to 12 months. So you see the maturity level is slightly ahead from a sales and marketing perspective than it is from a customer success perspective. And that's frankly by design because you have to generate the revenue and the customers in order to build the customer success team. So it's not that companies don't value customer success. There's just an order to things as you're building and growing a business. Right. Yeah. You need customers first before you can make them successful. (laughs) Small Um, detail, but it's important. (laughs) Very important. So one thing that pops up coming out of that then is there are multiple different divisions that focus on a different piece of the customer journey. So who owns this? Or how can a CCO, uh, chief customer officer, help kind of facilitate a seamless experience for the customer across all these different touch points between pre-sales and marketing and onboarding and support and product engagement, whatever it may be? Yeah. So it's interesting. I do feel like the chief customer officer tends to be the glue and the consistency across the business. We're central to that go-to-market leadership. So, you know, some of my my closest partners in the business are the chief revenue officer and the chief marketing officer. We're collaborating and debating um, consistently to ensure we get to the right place. But I'm also collaborating with them to determine, you know, what is our go-to-market messaging? What is our strategy? And how do we have the post-sale experience mirror that because the the worst thing that you can do is not look at it as a contiguous experience. It's, it's, it's a process and a journey that the customer goes through. And I, I always start at the beginning before they're a customer because that is part of their experience and that's part of their journey. And it should inform what we do as we have a handshake between sales and services or sales and customer success, as we start to onboard people who have just signed their contracts. Right. But I also engage very heavily with the chief product officer and the chief technical officer because 
what we're building and how we're building it and why are really critical to feed back into that go-to-market motion. Um, and so it's it's kind of a contiguous cycle. I, I get to sit at the at the confluence of all of those teams. It's really a lot of fun. Um, it can be a bit, you know, it, it, you can do a lot of context switching as part of that process, but it's important work to represent the customer on every team and across every aspect of their experience with the business. Okay, that's fantastic. It's super important being that glue, someone or some team has to sit at the top of the customer need and make sure that the entire experience is happening mm-hmm. seamlessly because my sense is every team or every division has their own perception of how they are delivering a great experience, but it may not be consistent, not good yeah. or bad, just not consistent. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, and customers feel that deeply. So one of the terms that I... Um, I like to eliminate, um, you know, with my team and, and with the business is handoffs. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be the football that gets handed off from one team to the next. Not a, a customer doesn't, you know, we should have handshakes and really overlapping experiences so that it doesn't feel like you're being chucked over the fence to the next team. You know, that's, that's the worst possible um, feeling for a customer. So we work really diligently to ensure that we have handshakes at every step of the way, and that it's an as elegant a, a process as, as possible. Okay, fascinating. I love that term, the handshake versus handoff, maybe, mm-hmm. where, hey, I'm done with you now. My piece is, is done. So. <laughs> Check. That's right. <laughs> Deborah, final question for today, and I could speak with you all day about this. This is just such a, a fascinating topic and near and dear to my heart. But what have you seen or what have you heard from your customers when they come back and say, you've really nailed this experience. This is a great experience in my book. I want more of it. What are some of those attributes? Uh, Yeah, that's a great question. Um, And something that I think every CCO and every CSM, you know, across the globe is striving for. What I've seen be most impactful is that we have such a deep understanding of the customer's needs and use cases that we know their their business and their use of our product better than they do. And we anticipate what they may encounter and are being proactive in laying out success plans and strategies to help ensure that we continue to address their needs. So I think it's it's that deep understanding of their experience, their use cases, and their business strategies that drive how they're using our product that should inform how we engage with them and what recommendations we're pointing out and the conversations that we're having. That's when I think you really nail the customer experience. Okay, fantastic. Deborah, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us today. This has been great. This has been fantastic. What a great conversation. Thank you so much, Jim. Absolutely. And thank you all for listening. If you have any thoughts on a customer experience podcast, please drop me a line on LinkedIn. As always, you can find this episode and many more on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. Thanks for tuning in. See you right back here. Same place, same time next week. Bye now.